growth never happens overnight and i learned this from a mentor that it's always a marathon and never a sprint everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising bi-POC artists who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Ozolanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamura Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Alex Pim Wong. He is a Korean Thai artist working as a story artist resident at Pixar. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, as Yuki said, I am a uh, Pixar Story resident artist at the moment. Um, I, I've been a big fan of animation ever since I was a kid. So currently working in the field has been a dream come true and I'm really excited to talk to these two. So the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a fun little game called In Between. We are going to give you two similar choices, and you have to choose in between the two of them, and then let us know why. Oh, man. (laughs) There are right answers. You had to study for this. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my entire life. You had to study for this, but you didn't. Great. (laughs) We will will hardcore judge you, depending on your response. (laughs) Of course not. No no worries. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Lay them on me. Let's do it. Alrighty then, let's see. Who would you rather have cook for you? Shrek from Shrek or Linguini without Remy from Ratatouille? Oh man, that's easy. Shrek, come on. You, <laughs> hey, like, you know you know the type of love he made. You know, he probably became like a better cook because Fiona was there. You know, Linguini doesn't care. You know, he's nothing without Remy. He's but he has like eyeball jam and like Yeah, rats. man. That's like exotic food, you know. It's like you know how like some cultures they're really into insects and whatnot. But if hey, you bugs. have the Yeah, yeah, man. Like my dad, he brought some home <laughs> the other day. They were grasshoppers. I'm like, I don't wanna eat that, but you know, he has his he has the right seasonings and a little bit of love. And, you know, you're good to go. That linguine has nothing in his heart. (laughs) He's nothing. He doesn't. (laughs) You're garbage, linguine. Get out of here. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) All right. Um, All right, next one. Which pair of siblings would win in a three-legged race? Ian and Barley Lightfoot from Onward or Roughnut and Toughnut from How to Train Your Dragon? Oh, man. I feel like Ian and Barley, not because that's yeah. like the home studio duo, but I don't know. I, I feel like they, they'd be a good duo. I mean, isn't that the point of the movie? They became closer. So I feel like they can do anything. They could be in like the stock exchange or, or be home exchange. cooks or whatever, and they'll be totally fine. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Uh, but like Barney's legs are so sh- it's shorter and stubbier. Ian has like these long legs. Like they're, the bend of the knee is not going to match up as no, they try no, to run. No, no. Here's the thing: since Barley's legs are so thick, that Ian wouldn't have to really do much of the leg work. Like he could just rely on them the whole time. The one leg, so that's fine. On a rough note, and tough note, I feel like they take like one step and start arguing. I, I don't. I've That's also seen, true. Yeah, I've only seen fair, the first two, but uh, I'm just guessing off that relationship. So. No, yeah, fair. they 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 don't. They never end up getting closer or uh, compromising. Rough nut of tough nut. They it's always bickering. Yeah, yeah. Damn, you're really testing the animation movie knowledge. I thought they were gonna be like like life events. Like, would you rather kill your your, your second brother or your first brother? Or yeah. 
<laughs> this works for me. <laughs> good, good. So, Alex, could you tell us uh, a bit about what you do as a story artist resident at Pixar? And then uh, can you also explain what is a story artist resident? Because I know some people might not know what that is compared to other job positions. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's kind of similar to I think Disney has like an apprentice program where Mm. you you work at the studio and you're doing the actual job when working at the films. But you um, you cycle between different uh, shows and you get a taste on how different directors work and how the story team operates and it's just a really cool experience to actually get your your, your nice fingers and your nails and into the the process of working on uh on a movie um at least from my standpoint right there it's, it's really interesting to hear varying voices and how um like i said different directors uh operate when it comes to like making the hard decisions or having a grand scope of the film so it's really cool to experience that that's cool so you've worked with like a lot of the different directors on on different films then yeah yeah it's it's really cool um it it's interesting because some directors can be really technical about the whole boarding process saying like oh you know i i want this specific shot or they'll 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 give you like um, notes about specific cinematography that they'd like to see in the sequence. While other guys, they, they just like um, getting the idea out. Um, They, they're not too worried about the, the specific shots being presented. They'll, they'll carry it on to layout, but as long as the beat and the heart of the joke or the written material is presented, then that's all they need to work with to continue on um, in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of shaping you into a Swiss Army knife, like I just said. Like you know, you <laughs> you you get you have to um, kind of morph yourself in the different categories. I mean, it's good for your learning experience in terms of like mm-hmm. how the studio works, but it also helps you in like, oh, you know, I'm I'm not as confident and say as the draftsmanship part of storyboarding, um, which is definitely me. Um, so <laughs> working uh, with a director who really cares about that type of stuff and working with a story team as long as with your story soup that will really push you in developing those skills has been really helpful it's interesting because at the beginning of the residency you know you're really gung-ho with working with directors and being like you know i'm gonna show them what i got i'm gonna show them the the alex pimlong way of how to board things but i I, uh (laughs) which isn't great but you know halfway during the residency um a thought came upon myself and I think this kind of applies to like any studio or position you're in um, based off like my talks with like the veteran guys is that you're always learning um, and I think mm-hmm. that's the most valuable experience and I know we get jobs to, to pay stuff you know to get money and all that but I feel like in this industry specifically it, it really helps if you switch your mindset into you know I'm I'm really fortunate to be in this position and to be at the studio with these amazing artists I'm just going to be a sponge essentially i'm just going to suck up as much knowledge as possible and i feel that's helped me not get the stress and anxiety of oh man i'm working on feature films man i'm working on the next pixar movie like this is, this is scary it, it's helped me be like hey you know i'm gonna do the best i can and mistakes are gonna happen but as long as i learn something from it, it that's that's totally worth it to me mm-hmm. yeah no, that's great that's honestly a good way uh thinking about it one of the things I actually want to know a little bit more about, uh, 
specifically with you, Alex, is that can you tell us about your your journey of how you ended up at Pixar? Because I know you have quite a unique uh, path that kind of led you there that I don't think it's a lot of people, I guess, experience or get to. It's it's very it's very unique, I, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely um, following the path where people say, like, not everyone's path is the same. Um, so. I, I've always wanted to go to animation school. You know, you see people going to CalArts and um, other places um, where you think you have to go to get into the industry. And I just couldn't afford it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I have I have two younger brothers who, um, who have uh, better ideas on how to approach more um, orthodox jobs, you know, um, so going to school was way more helpful for them than what I thought would be for me. Um, I've, I've had like weird jobs, like working as a pharmacy technician just to pay for like community college or working as a waiter. Um, but I found myself to be really unhappy during those things because, you know, there are certain expectations, especially with like Asian parents <laughs> where they're like, you know, you got, you got to go to school, man. You gotta, you gotta go there, make money, get a good job. You know, that's, that's the only plan we have for you. But I, I was thinking to myself and I, I thought like, is there a way to do this where, <laughs> cause I'm cheap, I guess. Um, is there a way <laughs> to do this where I don't have to go to art school? I don't have to, you know, do general ed classes or, or stuff that I don't think is important. So, <laughs> I, I I guess it's the Goodwill hunting way, but I, I just applied for the cafe and I just started working there. Um, and the cafe it, at Pixar? Uh, yeah, the cafe at Pixar. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whatever, man. I have restaurant experience. Um, I, I enjoy talking to people and I kind of used it as my avenue of getting to know the studio because everyone at Pixar, they eat lunch and breakfast around the same time. Um, 9.30 to... God, it's been so long. Nine thirty to like, um, <laughs> sorry, it's eight o'clock to nine thirty for breakfast, <laughs> and eleven thirty to two for lunch. Um, so during this time, you know, everyone's coming to you. You know, you're the new guy. You get to meet people here. Like, oh, hey, Joe from Systems, or hi, Mark from Story. How's it going? And you get to treat these guys as actual people rather than like, oh man, these are my idols and all that. So doing that really gave me a glimpse of like what departments are there getting comfortable with the people over there as well. And that, that was really helpful in like figuring out um, what and how a studio actually performs, how they execute, what departments are there. Um, so on the side, uh, the animation collaborative um, was started um, from an animator at Pixar. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because the classes across the street are taught by people in the industry. And I know like art schools, they get like guys who work in the industry to be teachers as well. But, you know, it, it was just really cool to like have your teacher like literally work on a movie like in the morning and later that night come over and teach you all the ropes. Um, I took a couple classes over there. Also, just just real quick for those that don't know. Yeah, the animation collaborative is, is like literally across the street from the Pixar studio. Yeah, man. <laughs> I would like finish my shift and just go over and walk across. It, it was rad. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think right now they're doing online classes, which is also super helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of my heroes, they were, they were the teachers. Uh, let me see. Reg Bordages was one. 
Um, I took a class with Mark Andrews when he was doing it. That was really cool. Uh, Austin Madison, he's he's incredibly talented. He did a class over there. I think he's doing a class now, um, which I highly recommend. He's when you think of ideas, you think of Austin Madison. He's crazy. Um, but yeah, I did that, and I was doing the story work over there, and coming back to work in the cafe, I was like, man, I don't really know if I'm doing this right. Like if the story thing is really right for me, I'm, I'm really kind of struggling. So I thought, wait a minute, I got all these guys over here. Like I'll just send an email. I'm like, hey, you want to grab some coffee? Can you look at my work? And I feel like the best thing about Pixar is that everyone here wants to help. Like I've never really met a stuck up person where they're like, oh, you know, this is garbage, you know, like, like you got to do better. I mean, of course, you know, that that's like the motif that you're always thinking about, but it's 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 never like in a negative manner. Um, so, yeah, I, I had some really cool guys who um, wanted to help and I, I just kept bothering them with questions every day. And eventually that led to the introduction of the Pixar story internship which um, me and Ray did together with other couple dudes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you know it. Um, yeah, it, it was, um, I I didn't think I was good enough, to be honest, to be in the internship, because I, I, like I said, I didn't go to school. I didn't do, like, my own, like, final film or thesis or whatnot. You know, I just, I just like drawing cartoons and comics and really like Pixar movies. Um, so I did that. Um, and eventually that, that led to me getting the residency, which I'm currently doing. And I, I'm just really grateful that I, I bumped into people who just wanted to help and really hone in the skills. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm still never quite there yet. I think that's just the ego and like every artist's brain, you know, it's just like you're garbage. Mm-hmm. You'll never make it, kid. But um, that's why, you know, you, you just got to realize like you're always learning and stuff and like hopefully i'll get there one day but i mean i'm, I'm just really fortunate so i've met really cool people you're like imposter yeah. syndrome is kicking in god man yeah you're Dude. telling me <laughs> it sucks <laughs> i'm like get away i hate you <laughs> you know so i'm going no, battle imposter syndrome is such a serious thing like i know like that's even as like an like an intern that's something that you feel i remember like when we were interning together we actually they actually uh put a talk for us to kind of talk about that those feelings about like how we got to talk to other story artists that felt that same way and but like they're saying like but i'm here i know i'm good enough but it's something yeah that we like even when you're at the like how people covet pixar being one of like the best studios like even when you're at the best studio people still feel like they're not meant to be there oh yeah you you gotta you gotta realize like all your idols like everyone you look up to has felt and continues to feel that way it, it never stops there's always going to be a moment where you think to yourself like oh man why why am i here why am i doing this should i give up and you know the answer in your mind is yes absolutely i'm tired <laughs> of this but in reality it's no everyone feels this way you gotta just battle it through and the notion of fake it till you make it everyone says that i'm just like so generic but it really does help a lot of the times because you just gotta block it out a majority of the mm-hmm. time and be like dude i'm i'm making cartoons right now i'm like i mean how hard can it get i remember i was thumbnailing for a scene i was really stressing out because i i, I had no idea what i was doing and then my 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 father-in-law came over it's like oh alex what are you doing you drawing cartoons and at the end of the day that's what you're doing so it's <laughs> don't don't put too much no pressure on your shoulders when it's not needed 
did did you feel like the the story internship at Pixar prepared you for the residency? Do you mm. feel like there was a disconnect, or very, did it very uh, did it really help you um, in that transition? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you know, <laughs> like I said, my insecurities. Like I didn't think I, I belong there, but you know, it, it's a boot camp. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping I can pick your brain a little about it too, Ray. But you know, we had <laughs> we had assignment over assignment, and we really had to rely on one another. Being chosen in that group of people, I think there was eight all together, right? There was eight, eight of us. Eight yeah. of us. Yeah, you. That's your story team. You know, like you can't, you got to throw away your ego and this connects to the whole, you know, you're always learning factor and be like, hey, Ray, how do you draw feet? Can you help me to draw feet? You know, <laughs> something like that. And, you know, like everyone there feels the same way as you do. So you have to rely on one another. But I feel like the most important thing that I learned in that internship that has helped me in that this uh, residency is time management. Oh, my God. Uh Totally. Man, they've been times like <laughs> I'm running light, late on the assignments. I'm like, oh, God, we pitch at three and it's 10 a.m. I'm like, ah. so you you have to really <laughs> structure yourself. You know, it's it, it's like being I think um, I think it was Kristen Lester who said this. And it really stuck to me that, you know, being a professional, you know, doesn't mean just like, you know, drawing in the industry and making it. It's, it's getting the work done on time. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's proving that. You know, they hired you for a specific reason and you're going to do that job on the deadline. And that that really struck a uh, like a big point in my brain. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. Like, I got to really like stagger myself. I got to choose when I do the thumbnails. I got to really make sure like my my sequence is ready to go. And, you know, I'm still struggling with that sometimes. I get lazy. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, I got five more pages to go. I'll do it tomorrow, and then tomorrow comes and you start crying. But I, I feel like it really helped me like maintain a structure, and that that's really important. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And kind of going back is that I think that's the biggest thing you kind of also need to get over in terms of like when you are with the other interns and like how you said that that's your story team. Like you gotta get over yourself and really ask for help or ask like, hey is this joke landing or Hey, like um, I'm struggling with this composition. Do you like, does this, does this make sense to you? Like, and cause I feel like that's how you really improve. If you, if you kind of stick to yourself or like you're worried about being ridiculed or being judged, you're not going to grow in that internship yeah. or even in, in it, or even in the, in the job you gotta, yeah, you can't be afraid to like ask for someone else's opinion. Cause it's only going to benefit you. It's never, it's never, ever going to hurt you. Absolutely. And, you know, you come in going like, oh, man, you know, she draws people so great or like her gestures or, you know, his acting is on point. You know, pick their brain. You know, you guys are, well, not now, but <laughs> we used to be in the story room and we used to like do these assignments gung ho uh, with one another. And, you know, just be vulnerable with it. Mm-hmm. You know, be be humble. Um God, I'm sorry, my cat's here. Great. Um, <laughs> that's not it's me. Really fine. Um, yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to put your ego to the side and say, like, you know, I, I need help. And if you know where to get it, I mean, it doesn't hurt whatsoever. Like, yeah, help me out, and you know, we're in this for the long run, which was like what, right, like six months. 
I, don't I think know. I think it was like it's only like three. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah, it it might have been like three or felt, four months, huh? Oh man! I think it felt like it felt like six months. It, it felt especially with specific assignments. It felt like it lasted forever. Oh my god! You're telling uh, me when if you're, you're if you're grinding at it for so long. I mean, yeah. that's you like yeah. uh, you you get into those kinds of things like um, like at a major studio. Like I was an internet cartoon network, and there was only like. <laughs> 12 of us or something and there's like eight of you guys at at pixar it's it's definitely like a surreal feeling because you know that like hundreds of people are applying for this spot so like when you are accepted there they like don't take that lightly like the people who hire you also recognize that you have potential like you have growth and like even though you're sitting there looking at the person next to you being like oh man like i wish like i was as good as them or like why they why they bring in a loser like me it's it's because you have potential it's because like somebody saw you and was like yeah this person can like contribute and grow and learn and like yeah. we can we can teach them here and like that's yeah. what they want with with a program yeah. like that they're trying to like create smart growing individuals in in the industry that can eventually yeah. come back and work right yeah, I, I totally mm-hmm. agree. I mean, you may not see it in front of your eyes, but they see it. They're the ones instructing mm-hmm. you. Um, growth never happens overnight. And I learned this from a mentor that it's always a marathon and never a sprint. Yeah, you didn't go to a traditional four-year uh, school. You didn't go to an art school. So uh, it looks like with Animation Collaborative being across the street from where you were working at the Luxo Cafe, did you feel going through the animation collaborative and like, is that, did you feel like that was the right fit for you? And why did you feel that fit better for you and your schedule and your, your trajectory for your career path? I don't know. It just, I feel like art school, you have to do, and this goes with like any school, community college, um, regular UCs, CSUs, you have to take classes that you don't necessarily need or will help you in your major. You know, it's like, oh, I got to do my general education before I focus on this specific degree I really want to work on. That's stupid. Um, sorry to be blunt about it. But, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I just feel like Anna. No worries, man. Yeah. Anna Collab, you get a concentrated load of education, which is great. They don't mess around because you pay a specific amount and you get this super awesome instructor for uh 12 weeks or i think their summer classes like eight weeks eight, maybe? yeah i think they're pretty yeah. short <sighs> thank you yuki i don't know anything um, <laughs> no, <that's you're> good. <laughs> um yeah you're just concentrated they don't mess around it's like okay first week boom we're doing this i'm gonna do a little slideshow and you are going to do some boards and they're gonna present next week you're gonna work on your craft and then boom boom you just keep upping the ante in terms of assignments and the level where you really want to do and it's kind of like the internship you know you're with other people in that class who also enrolled and uh, you know friendship and uh working with one another is super important so what i said previously about you know relying on one another that totally comes true for that and yeah i just i i just couldn't help but think like why why should i pay and waste my time to do this stuff when I already know exactly what I wanted to do. And yeah, I, I just think concentrated loads of education. I think that's just better for me. Everyone's different, of course. Um, I will mm-hmm. say the one thing that I wish I did that I'm super jealous is that um, with you guys, you did like a little 24 hour film thing or making your own film 
as your final thesis. And I, I feel like that's that's a really cool opportunity for really discovering your voice and what kind of movies and films you like. So I wish I, I had an opportunity to do so. I mean, I can do it now, but it's <laughs> that's a lot of work. Films are hard. Yeah, it's definitely, it's <laughs> definitely on, your, on your own time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I admire people who are able to juggle that um, nine to five work life and doing stuff after work because I feel like I'm just so drained. I'm like, I don't want to draw anymore. <laughs> like, this is hard. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just, I just really appreciate that the school was right across from my work and I was just able to really focus on it. Totally. That's really cool. Actually, I'm I'm wondering, um, did you ever feel any like pressure from your family to go to a four year, like traditional four year, like when you dropped out or did was there any backlash from that? Or like, was that part um, of the difficulty in, in taking the route where like you went to NMC instead? Yeah, yeah. I uh, the reason why I did that school is because, you know, I had outside voices telling me like, oh, wh- how are you going to be a story artist in animation? if regardless like even pixar it's like how are you gonna get there and you know you you question yourself and i think that that voice inside your head overcame me and it made me think like yeah i don't know what i'm doing with my life right now so hey you know josh cooley went to the academy of art university and he he got a job in animation i'm like maybe maybe this is the right way to do because there was no way i could drive to San Jose State University every day or pay for boarding or go to CalArts. I think I, oh yeah, I applied for CalArts and got rejected. I have that hanging on my wall and that might be just negative energy, but I, I think it's a cool, cool memento. Um, petty, like, yeah. <laughs> I got it laminated. It's looking at I showed you. Yeah. I showed you CalArts. That's really good. Tuition. It, it's terrible. Don't do that. Don't be petty like me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just it just came from outside voices and myself really doubting myself and made me make a choice that I I wasn't comfortable with, but I I thought would make other people happy Mm -hmm. Um, doing that school, becoming a pharmacy technician. Thankfully, like my my uh, girlfriend, who is now my wife, she had saw the ad for the cafe. I'm like, why do I want to do that? I have to drive super far to work at a cafe. It's like, well something might happen from it so I, I feel like i owe a lot of success to her because she was really pushing me <laughs> to do that type of stuff um Aww. yeah yeah so yeah it, it can be tough sometimes and especially with high schoolers and college students who really want to work in animation but don't really have the resources to go to cal arts or for school or don't want to be in debt because of certain personal issues i mean they're we live in the age of the internet man I mean, we can literally mm-hmm. talk to our idols on Instagram. We can send them DMs. We can ask for advice. We can t- take classes and stuff. I mean, a lot of people... Especially now with quarantine, so many online resources have emerged because yeah. of the, the, state of the, the, the state of the world that we're in now. And this goes for, like, anyone out. You know, follow your favorite people. Um, keep an eye out on, like, classes. And, like, a lot of people on Twitter, too, um, who work in, especially TV animation, they'll do, like, little Gumroad or little Tuesday tip thingies. And they'll say, like, hey, you know, I got some um, quick tips on, like, how to really uh, up your storyboarding game. And, you know, that's that's been helpful. I find that super valuable um, even now. I, this goes back to the always learning aspect of everything. So, yeah, keep an eye out. Yeah, no, for sure. We should always... Keep keep an eye on see what what works best for each individual person because uh, maybe you can't afford an art school mm-hmm. or 
or say school is a better alternative for you or maybe just yeah online courses mm-hmm. everybody's different so like i'm glad that we're able to kind of hear your your journey to your career path and like this hearing that story but on that on that topic of story what kind of stories did you do you like to tell as a board artist mm. this kind of goes into the whole finding your voice thing which i feel like i'm still discovering but mm. comedy has always appealed to me um as like a very important tool in storytelling because it's able to be such a high contrast to things. I think most of the movies I really enjoy are able to blend genres. You know, people are like, what kind of movies are you into? And it's never like, oh, I like action adventure. Or I like I straight sci-fi. I like genres that blend the two. Um, mm. Taika Waititi, Edgar Wright, uh, Stephen Chow. Mm. I love Chow and Soccer. That, <laughs> those this. are great. Yeah, dude. Uh, so good. It's so awesome. Good. Like Kung Fu Hustle. I remember seeing that as a kid and like, it's it's scary stuff you know there's an axe gang killing people mm-hmm. but then like out of nowhere there's like this looney tunes chase and yeah. you know something <laughs> so weird um and, and it's hard i feel like you got to really develop your craft to really blend those two where it doesn't seem like um out of place but if you're you know like like taika with like jojo rabbit and um his uh um, earlier movie boy he's able to like really craft dramatic stories that enrich the comedy because it's just like you know it's like a roller coaster you know you keep going down craziness it's 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 agnoseating um but if you're able to like make a straight directory like you're you're rising up you're building that tension of drama and then boom you're going down a little spit of comedy it makes for a really enjoying ride i'm sorry if you don't like roller coasters or anything that might be a t- terrible <laughs> metaphor but um I really admire people who can do that. And that, that's, that's, those are the type of stories I like to tell, like authentic stories that happen to me. And it kind of sucks because I feel like that juice is running out because a lot of the stuff I like to tell is based off my own life and doing things, but we haven't been doing things because of quarantine <laughs> and stuff. So I know, I, it's I really hard to refill that tank, that like yeah, life experiences yeah. tank right now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like, carry a sketchbook, go out drawing. I'm like, I don't want to be outside. People are sick and scary. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But do know, t- touching on that though, because yeah, that a lot of the stuff that you post on your Instagram, a lot <laughs> of the boards or the things that you that you post is like you, what you do day to day or something experience that happened to you. But you always like up the comedy or up the up the the I guess stakes. But you always push the story in your in your boards is I'm, I'm assuming it's never actually one-to-one but you you take what happened to you and you push beyond that to really make it entertaining and fun but still being based on something that happened to you yeah like can you can you talk about that can you like yeah that process or like why you like pushing it to like extreme amounts of like hilarity or like pushing the jokes pushing the emotion pushing the drama and the comedy it, it's it's hard because I, I feel like I've been sucking at it lately because <laughs> we haven't been out. But um, I, I just always thought it was interesting. And I, I admire people who are able to tell stories that are, are um, you know, relatable. Like when people comment like, oh, I get that. That's relatable. That's happened to me. And, you know, that's that's always something we look for in our storytelling. We used, we always try to find the authenticity in our uh, in our storytelling so we're able to connect to our audience. But, you know, sometimes like. I don't know. Like, I, I just think like, if that's your whole aim, I'm like, I guess you're, you're speaking with your voice, but like, for me, I like, I like telling stories that are kind of, kind of weird. 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you do like the basic, like, Oh, you know, I went on a date with my girlfriend, we had a great time and then something weird happens like that. Um, but it, it's kind of going back to like the Edgar Wright and like Taika thing. They'll do like really outlandish things like, um, like Jojo, like with a Nazi imaginary friend or, <laughs> or the whole like hunting, uh, wilder bear, or not wilder bears, pigs in, um, hunt for the wilder people. Um, and they'll use those like really outlandish factors, but as like a capsule, like a representation of something that is relatable, um, like a feeling you have, but in this visual sense. Cause I mean, Ray, that's like our job basically. I mean, we're trying to put like mm-hmm. words in the pictures and doing the best way that you know we visually see it but also like what kind of hits the emotional core and that's that's what creates that relatability factor to it but yeah i mean like i i tell i like telling stories that i think are funny i mean not necessarily everyone thinks it's funny i think the best type of stories are the type where you can add like a little bit of being relatable but you're able to add that extra personal voice spice to it to really elevate the material that's with like a lot of movies too or even trying to think i like spider-man 2 so much because peter parker just gets beat up in that movie and it's just <laughs> it's just so memeable too <laughs> and i don't know god like people always question like oh that that's one of your favorite movies and then i'm like yeah yeah it is it's great spider-man 2 is like considered like the best one of that series <laughs> i agree yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's super good <laughs> but when it's really when really I, good right do you remember do you remember when um our mentors are like okay guys list off your 10 favorite movies and everyone was listing like super cool like art movies like oh 12 angry men uh, oh yeah. spielberg's great i'm like spider-man 2 <laughs> Dude, I had I had fucking uh, I had an extremely goofy movie on my top ten list. Oh yeah, you did. No, that's a classic. I feel like that movie is movie. like fine wine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But I was I was just say real quick. Um, we we had this assignment where we had to pick our favorite movie, and our mentors would pick one from our top 10 list and we were going to reboard a scene, which is a great storyboarding exercise. And <laughs> Ray got grease. <laughs> and I've never seen Grease before, but this made me want to watch it. And Grease he, is Ray's favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. And he started singing and doing the John Travolta dance moves on the story room couch. It was amazing. That's I'm like, this guy's, this guy's going to start a podcast one day. <laughs> like, okay. Keep that in. Don't edit that oh. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Ray. I totally just cut you off. I can't believe Ray's uh, dying. It's not embarrassing. That's it. The podcast is over. He's died of embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the podcast is canceled. Sorry, guys. Uh, I just, but I, I'm just happy that that's what you remember. That's great. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Did you just like reboard the whole scene, or did you like look at the movie and like board it like frame for frame? We had to pick one of our favorite scenes and then uh, board it like, uh, like yeah, just just board it how we see it on screen, like breaking up the main beats and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You you basically just pick out a scene that really struck um, an emotion with you, mm. Um, mm-hmm. and it was hard for mine because I I got <laughs> ironically I got twelve angry men for <laughs> my thing. Um, <laughs> it, it was hard because I, I think that whole movie is great, and so picking a, like a specific scene was very difficult. But I mean, that goes with, like any movie. 
Um, if something makes you cry, if something makes you feel, you know, um, sad or, or a different emotion, like it, it's always good to like do those exercises, take like a piece of scrap paper, make some um, rectangles and reboard the scene. Going back to our, our, our Pixar intern days, Alex, oh, one of the things I actually really liked um, that you did and it honestly really resonated with me was the personal story that you decided to tell. Uh, for a final assignment where you, if I remember correctly, you didn't feel like you belonged in your own culture. And then when you, um, your wife, your wife is Hispanic or Latina, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you were also trying to integrate into their culture, and you kind of felt like, where did you belong? Where, mm -hmm. where, where do you fall on that line? So, can, yeah, can you just talk, talk a little bit more about that? Because I feel like that's also something that I feel like a lot of people struggle with as well as like, like not feeling like they belong to their own culture, feeling like, oh, especially that you now that you're married, this the Hispanic culture is not going to become more a part of your life as well. Yeah. And how do you fit in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like <laughs> and just I, I, I wanted to tell a story for that personal thing that it felt like a good opportunity as therapy for me, as strange as that sounds. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. I, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, like, you know, growing up and not really knowing anything about Korean culture, Thai culture, um, it was really weird hanging out with kids who uh, who knew that and stuff. You know, they, they were Korean-Americans. Uh, I used to go to this Korean church where we would hang out and do Halloween stuff and um, little parties and whatnot. But it, it was it was weird because the things they were talking about, I, I didn't know what they were talking about. And, and now I had this old lady say that it was a shame that I didn't speak Korean or know anything like that. So I always felt kind of hesitant in integrating myself into cultures. And it, it was even more awkward to do something that was literally in my blood. So so, you know, meeting my fantastic wife um, who comes from Hispanic and she's also half Caucasian. So she's got that mixed thing going on, too. So, you know, we got something to talk about. Um, we I, I got to go to like one of their huge Hispanic Mexican parties where, uh, you know, you don't meet just uh, mom and dad, but it's like the aunts, uncles and grandpas <laughs> and stuff. Man, I wish I could pitch it right now. I still have it on my thing. Um, but yeah, it, I. It, it was it was cool because I, right when I got there, I mean, it was kind of weird. But after like introductories and saying hello to everyone, um, I, I felt really welcome, which is really cool. And there was no bias right there. You know, it didn't matter if I, uh, I, I didn't know anything about Hispanic food or or new words. I mean, I took two years of Spanish in high school. and It's, it's, it's a surprise that I even remembered anything. But it's just it just feels nice to like be welcomed with no boundaries you know and that that really that that stood stuck with me for a while and uh, integration like that it it helps a lot i know there are a lot of kids who are um biracial they have two different cultures going on and it, it's it's weird when one culture doesn't accept them or they feel like a pariah mm -hmm. in terms of all this but like not I, enough of one you're yeah, a, when you're a, a third culture kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I I just think like you know, generation to generation, things just keep on improving. I mean, yeah, there'll be remnants of like bad, you know, 
racial or like discrimination or like thoughts that come in the past. But I mean, like when when I have kids, our kids are gonna have a interesting <laughs> talk about race and all that stuff. But I feel like I don't know. It just it feels like it gets better. Like you just gotta put yourself out there, and it's hard. But you know, I, I I'm very fortunate to have you know a new family where they're nice to me, <laughs> and I I really I really. <laughs> I really respond to that and you know god bless them honestly i think that's really really beautiful and also love the fact that like yeah you felt that sense of welcoming into that new culture and i think that's something that a lot of people are trying to do now with like the tv shows like casa grande or like even more uh, even more like tv and films is that we're making this not just for our people not just for like oh this is strictly for us but to welcome more people into what our experiences and what our culture is it's not meant just to be specifically for us but to be open to others and then i like that that's what you experience with um your your wife's family and so that's to me that's really really beautiful and i think that's what we're trying to strive for now in animation yeah i mean there there are specific themes that hold true in animation i mean that's why we tell these stories so more people are exposed to them but i remember coco doing really well in china because of the story of like ancestors because and, because family yeah family really is something that's super important both in yeah. hispanic and asian culture taking care of your elders and being yeah. respectful to that yeah i mean family is just such a central theme everyone has a grandma so um and that goes to like that whole you know you have your canvas which is like your theme of like family and stuff and you can add like different supplements to it like different types of flavors that really stand out as your voice but at the end of the day the center theme and the message like it can hold true for everyone mm-hmm. so alex for you what do you see yourself doing in the future do you see yourself uh directing some kind of short or maybe a feature if you were ever given the chance Hmm. That's a big question, Ray. I was not prepared for that. No, I was. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I always wanted to direct something. Um, not not as wide as a feature, but I like short films, and this kind of goes back to the whole. I wish I did a short film. I feel like I like to work in constraints and blocks, and I feel like when you do shorts like that, you know, you have a limited amount of time to put everything out there and to like really get your message down and be super, super selective. Um, a film just sounds really overwhelming for me, but yeah, that, or I, uh, <laughs> I, I wish there was a job where you can just draw dumb cartoons. <laughs> I know if that's like a comic, comic artist thing or like a New Yorker thing, but you know, I haven't found that quite yet, but you know, some days when you're like, you're doing storyboards and all that and you're like, ah, oh, man, what a great day. And just, just want to unwind and draw like butt cheeks and all that type of stuff. And I haven't quite found that. Just short gags or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure there's a butt cheek comic um, group or, or something and I'll, I'll find them and I'll hone that skill. But as for now, yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm still super new into the industry and I'm, I'm a broken record, but you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to learn as much as possible. I'm trying to, trying to gain, gain my voice, trying to really establish um, my place in the industry. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a road, it's a journey, but you know, eventually some, something will click and I'll know it right there. Honestly, that's that's really really great. Yeah, I've, I hope I hope you do. I hope you hold those skills. Hope you hold those uh, butt cheek skills. Hope you yeah. get the opportunity <laughs> to to direct a short. I think that'd be really really awesome. Yeah. And I would love I would love to see it. 
Hopefully, uh, if, if anybody at Pixar is listening to this, hopefully they give you a chance to do a spark short. I hope they're not. <laughs> I don't want to like, like conversations. Yeah, you said this about our movie. Yeah, can you step into our office real quick? We got a conversation. Yeah. Um, nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, those, everyone who makes a spark short, they're, they're like, God, how are you so talented? I'll never know, but uh, I'll just keep on learning. So uh, finally, what advice do you have for students that want to pursue a career in the industry? Mm. And what did you find helpful on your journey? You gotta, you gotta keep learning and you gotta like navigate through the system. And you know, there'll be times of like disappointment and there'll be times of like things where you're like, Oh, this isn't exactly how I thought it would be. But I think just always staying thirsty and interested and mm. giving yourself initiative to not only like, you know, get the job, like do things, but see what you can learn from everything that you do. Like try to figure out your way into the system. Um, and just to, just to be active, do it, do yourself a favor, like learn as much as you can. Um, like don't be afraid don't be afraid of anything. The worst voice who can say no to you is your own. And if you're able to pass that self-ego, self, self-depression, self like saying you can't do it, and just you're, you're great. You're gold. You can do whatever you want in this industry as long as you just keep, keep telling yourself you can do it and take it one step at a time. Stay thirsty. Stay hungry. Oh, man, that's the Dos Equis letter, right? Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, they held it right together until the end. God damn it, I was so close. <laughs> oh, man. I, I do have a question kind of going off of that, though. Like, um, uh, throughout your journey, you, you like you went to school, you were farm tech, like you did all these things, and then you switched gears, uh, switched into animation. Um, did you ever feel like a pressure? Because um, like, I feel like in the animation industry, too, there's a lot of young people trying to get in, and they're like, I have to make it before I'm, 22 or else like i'm too old or whatever (laughs) or you know like people feel like their time is running out or to to make their shots so do you Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts on that yeah i understand i totally get it i felt that way when i was 19 which i shouldn't have you know everyone's (laughs) learning everyone's learning at their own pace um i and that just kind of goes back to the whole idea of you telling yourself you can't do it. You're too old or it's too late. I know tons of people in the industry that have started a little bit later. They totally switch gears and have found great success. It's just how much do you really want it? How much time are you willing to put into it? And are you able to, you know, hop over those obstacles and create a new stepping stone for your new career? Um, and trust me, like I, I get that. I still think of myself now i mean yeah I'm, I'm in the industry but i always see like people who are like super young and super talented i'm just like god mm-hmm. damn it how are you doing that <laughs> um and i'm sure people feel that way all the time but yeah don't be discouraged everyone has their own path you know this goes to art school it goes to age it doesn't matter at all you just have to be willing to put in the work for yourself and you'll, you'll be fine. Just block it out. Block out the white noise. You got it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, where can our listeners find you? And is there anything else you want to plug? Yeah, um, I don't really have anything to plug right now because, like I said, I'm, I'm still learning as much as possible and trying to uh, <laughs> fill my worth in this animation industry. But uh, I'm on Instagram 
Um, that's where I regularly post um, my my dumb comics and all that type of stuff. It's um at it's Pimwong at i t s p i m w o n g, and yeah, that that's send me a message if you want to chat or want to talk about Shrek or Spider Man Two, like anything you want to <laughs> do. Like like I, I typically respond uh, super quick, so yeah, I'm I'm here to help if you need help. With that, if you enjoyed our interview with Alex today, please rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP, and let us know your response to today's in between questions. Or if you have any suggestions for future in between questions, contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please tweet at us. We love discovering new artists and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.